tell you what, church worship like that will make you forget what you're preaching about. Can we say amen? Are you thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning, church? Well, my name is Luke, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. We're so grateful that you are with us this morning. I really wanted an awesome joke to, to fill this space right now. I don't have any other than this. If you have any family or friends that, that, that cheer on any Texas football team, shoot them a text of encouragement. I know I have got a lot now. Uh, I had a great day yesterday just poking fun at them. It was awesome. Whoopie suey, right? It's so good to have a team that's good again. Anybody? Wow. Not that many people are super happy about that, but I am. I am. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Church, we started a brand new sermon series called The Journey, and I'm so glad that you're here for it. I think it's safe to say that we're all on a journey, especially if you've chosen to follow Jesus. You're on this journey of pursuing him, following Jesus. And life is full of a lot of ups, amen, a lot of good times. And life is full of a lot of downs. Any amen there, right? And it's safe to say that we need some help along the way. We need help in our pursuit of Jesus. But I also know this. In a 10-week in a series, there's no way that we could possibly touch on every scenario, every circumstance, every situation that the people of God face. And, and so uh, there's going to be a statement on the screen, and this is going to provide some purpose behind the series. And, and this is what, if nothing else, I want you to get out of this series. We might not ever touch on a topic that affects you, but listen to this. Our goal for this, uh, this series, its design, is to offer guidance from the Word of God for the people of God as they pursue God. That's our desire with the sermon series, The Journey. And I'm fairly confident that at some point along uh, this series, we're going we're gonna to touch base with something that really connects with you, a situation that you're struggling with. But our desire is to teach you, is to show you, the people of God, that whatever it is that you are dealing with, you can trust the Word of God. You can go to God's Word to help you in all of life's situations. Can I get somebody to provide testimony to that? Like God is good. And so we are going to talk about several things that we will encounter along the way as we are pursuing God along this journey. But the journey, the journey of following Christ. There's going to be a question on the screen. Who is this journey for? Who, who's the journey for? Now as our statement describing the sermon series stated, it's for the people of God. And I know what you're thinking, well, Luke, there's not always going to be uh, people that love the Lord in this place hearing that, and you're right. And so I'm going to speak to that for a moment. If you're somebody that came in this room this morning and you were distant from the Lord, you don't know Him, you don't have a relationship with Him, this sermon series is not going to make a lot of sense to you. You see, this is for the people who are pursuing the Lord. We're going to use His Word to help us in all of life's situations. So each week, if you don't know the Lord, you're going to wonder, why am I here? Well, I'm glad you're here. If you are following the Lord, this series is absolutely for you. If you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, this series can be for you. The journey can be for everyone. Everyone. Did y'all hear that this morning? It can be for everyone. There's a couple categories that I want to touch base with this morning. And I want you to bear with me as we talk about these categories. 
The first category of people that, that aren't necessarily pursuing Jesus, that haven't been changed by him, are, are those in this room that think they have a relationship with him. Bear with me. In a room this size, I know that there are people that have walked in this place today that have believed the lies of Satan into thinking you are pursuing Jesus. And I'm going to speak to this category briefly. But typically these are folks that have been raised in church. Typically these are people that may have had a, a salvation experience or what they thought was a salvation experience as a child, maybe at church camp. Maybe you, you just followed what your friends did. And over time you began to believe the, the, the lie that you are saved when there's in fact been no life change. In the book of James he says faith without good deeds is useless. And what James is speaking of in that moment is not necessarily our good deeds save us because they don't. But a life that's been changed by Jesus looks different. A life that has been changed by Jesus is radically different. You don't have to wonder. You look different than the world. You aren't what you were before. There is a life change. And sadly, I believe Satan has tricked many people into believing the lie that they have placed their faith in Jesus when there's been no life change. We've got testimony of people in this church that can relate to this. Maybe they thought they were saved. And a decade goes by. 20 years go by. And they finally understand that they don't know who Jesus is. They've never placed their faith in him. And they bust through the pride and the fear and they get things right. And they give their life to Christ. That happens, church. So maybe that's you this morning. And perhaps you've known that for some time. But you are caught up in fear. What are people going to think? Maybe you were raised here and there's some people that saw you come forward or make that statement or you were baptized. And you think, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm a fool, that I got it wrong. Listen, it doesn't matter what they think. Or, or, or maybe you're, you're prideful. And because of that fear and that pride, it's kept you from moving into salvation. And you leave here each week convicted. You get in your car and, and no life change happens. And Sunday turns to Monday and Wednesday and we're back here again and you're sitting under conviction and nothing happens. Because you're held captive by fear and pride and what are people going to think? Well, listen, if that's you, if your journey with Jesus can begin today, it can start today. And there's another category of people in this room. I know that there are people that walked in here this morning and they're feeling like their sin is too great. They walked in here this morning and they're like, there is no possible way, preacher man, you don't know what I have done. You, you don't know what Friday night was like for me. And you're telling me God can forgive that? Yes, I am. He can and he will. I've got a word for you this morning. If you're somebody that came in here that you thought my sin is too great, there's no way that God can forgive. I want to read out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. I'm going to read 47 and 48. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you, her sins, and they are what, church? They are many, have been forgiven. 
so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. What's happening right here, this is an unnamed woman is what we know about her. We don't know much, but what we do know is in this moment, she was living in such a way that Jesus said, your sins are many. I don't know what you got to be doing for Jesus in person to call out all your sins, but she was living that way. And Jesus said, your sins are many. And how does he finish this? He said, your sins are forgiven. So listen to me. If you're somebody that walked in here and you're thinking there is no way that God can forgive me, there is a way. God can and he will forgive you. Romans 5 verse 20. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Did y'all catch that? God's law was given so that we could see how messed up we are. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. This is your hope this morning. This is our hope this morning. Now, we don't celebrate, we don't gloat in our sin, but in this moment, if you understand that you're a sinner, that's a good thing. That's step one. God is moving in your life. You can recognize that I'm, I'm messed up. I, I sin. My heart is ugly. And that's a good thing because what we see in Scripture is that where that sin is present, God's grace wants to invade your life and change you. That's a good thing. So this morning, if you walked in here and you're like, man, my sins are too many, praise God that you recognize that you are a sinner. Because then God can do something with you. But listen, it's not up to us to decide whether God can forgive, that God can show mercy. Exodus 33, verse 19 says this, For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. And listen, sinner, I want to encourage you this morning. God is saying to you this morning, I choose you. Did you catch that? Everybody that's placed their faith in Jesus, give me an amen. Because he chose you at some point in your life. He chose you. What I want you to understand is that we are all this woman. We all have many sins. And God can and he will save you this morning. There's no amount too much. There's no sin too great that God's grace cannot and will not overcome. It's for you this morning. So you're like, I get it. Okay. Cleared up the two categories. So this is where I'm at this morning. How does this journey begin? How does this journey with Jesus start? What does this look like for me? Now, Scripture is full of texts that go to the, to the depths of our sin and our disparity, and there are texts that are full of the heights of God's forgiveness. We could choose from many of them, but I want to turn your attention to the book of Micah. I want you to go to Micah chapter 7. Micah chapter 7. Now, I want to say to you this morning, church, that this passage has not always been on my radar it's not one that I constantly run to. But in preparation for this, I have fallen in love with this passage. Because it speaks to the very core of human nature. 
and how much we desperately need Jesus in our lives. So go to Micah chapter 7. We're going to look at 7 through 9. We're going to read it all. It says, as for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will, hear, will certainly hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I will be patient as the Lord punishes me, for I have sinned against him. But after that, he will take up my case and give me justice for all I have suffered from my enemies. The Lord will bring me into the light, and I will see his righteousness. So there's a few things from this passage. We're going to use some supporting passages as well. But there's a few things that we need to understand about ourselves before we can really start this journey. There's some things that we've got to get cleared up. And the first thing that I want you to take note of, it comes from verse 9, is that our story includes sin. If you're a note taker, I want you to write that down. Our story includes sin. Micah cried out, I have sinned against him. I've messed up. I've fallen short. I've disobeyed. I've sinned. He makes that so abundantly clear. If you're in this room this morning and you have sinned, I want you to raise your hand. You're in good company, right? Again, we're not supposed to celebrate sin, but we're all sinners. Every story in here includes sin. Your story includes sin. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at Ephesians as well. So go ahead and keep your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 2. That's our parallel passage this morning that we're going to look at. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2 right here. It says, once you were dead... Because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Listen, church, to understand, much less receive the promise of forgiveness, we need to understand that at our very core, we are sinful and we are wicked people. We are distant from God apart from Jesus. We're messed up. And because we are messed up, we desperately need Jesus. Your story, make no mistake about it, it includes sin. I do not care how good your mama says you are. You're not. I, I do not care how many good deeds you've done this past week. They don't matter. We're sinful people. At our very core, we were born sinners. I know that's unpopular to say, but we are messed up people. And sin is very much a part of your story. Do not be tricked. By the schemes of Satan and perhaps even our current culture into thinking that humanity is somehow good. Humanity in no way is good. Scripture says the heart is deceitful. We're sinful people. And sin is very much a part of your journey and your story. We have to recognize that this morning. We are messed up. 
and we're all messed up up in here having a good time. Amen? But I want you to understand that Scripture goes a step further in Ephesians, and it reminds us that not only are we in sin, but we are dead in sin. Church, what that means is not alive. You are dead because of your sin. And to be alive, you desperately need Jesus. So in our sin, we are separated from him. And remember, your story includes sin. And because of sin, as Micah says, this is our second point, we're punished for the sin. The second point says our sin invites the wrath of God. Because we are sinners, we invite the wrath of God upon ourselves. In our disobedience, we invite God's wrath. Again, not super popular. Verse 9, Micah says, I will be patient as the Lord punishes me. Our sin has consequence, and that's the wrath of God. Ephesians 2, verse 3. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's, what church? Anger. Just like everyone else. Again, not that popular of a conversation. You mean God gets mad? Yes, he does. I know we live in a time and a culture where everybody wants to think that God is love, and God absolutely is love. But on the very same hand, he is angry and he is vengeful against sin. He hates it. God hates sin. And because he hates sin, we endure the punishment for that sin. That's a reality, church. As unpopular as it might be, that is the reality of our sin. It invites the wrath of God. He hates it. Micah cries out, I've sinned against him, and now I receive his punishment. Because of our sin, we receive death and we receive hell. I want you to go to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. A wage is something that you earn because of something you've done. Church, listen. Apart from the saving grace of Jesus, your sin earns you death and hell. And God is just to give us that. Because we deserve it. In our disobedience, we deserve that. We deserve eternal separation from Him. We deserve eternal punishment because of the sins that we commit. Oh, but I love the story of God. Because you might be thinking, okay, wow, it's a Sunday morning and like the Cowboys play today. And my man, you are going to a dark place. But listen, there's, there's, there's a point three. And it's really good. Jesus makes a way. Jesus makes a way. And right now, you're going to be seeing some folks stand up. These are those that are they're going to be jumping into the waters here in a moment. And in their life, I want to use this, this moment, they understood that Jesus made a way. They understood that they were sinners. 
And they understood that they needed Christ's forgiveness. And they accepted him. And they're going to show you everyone in just a moment. But church, listen. Jesus makes a way. Are you thankful for that this morning, church? Jesus makes a way. Verse 9 out of Micah. It says, the Lord will take up my case and bring me into light. Another version says this, he pleads my case and executes judgment for me. What Micah is saying, he is preluding to the coming of Jesus Christ. What he's doing is saying at some point, God will execute judgment over sin. And what he did through Jesus was he executed his wrath and judgment against our sin upon Jesus. That's what Christ did for us. He crawled up on the cross so that God could take out his anger and wrath upon him and in his perfection. So that you and I, if we believe, we would have forgiveness of those sins. We could sidestep the wrath and the judgment and the punishment and step into forgiveness and love and eternity and grace. That's what Jesus did. We don't have to endure the punishment. We don't have to endure death and hell any longer because Christ made a way. And God executes that judgment upon the cross. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God is so rich in mercy And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Amen? Now listen to me, church. God in his righteousness could have chosen to destroy us. God in his righteousness could have chosen to shame us. But instead, he chose to advocate for us in and through Jesus. That's a big deal. He loved us so much that he gave us Christ. So that because of our sin, we wouldn't have to endure the wrath of our sin, which is hell. But we could have eternity with God in and through Jesus. And your journey with Jesus can begin this morning. If you have fallen into one of those categories, into thinking, you've believed the trick, you've believed the lie that I'm good, I'm I'm saved, I come to church every week, I serve. But there's no life change. You still feel empty and dead inside. The journey of following Jesus can begin for you today. Or maybe you're on the the other side and and you've walked in this morning and think, man, my sins are too great. God can and will forgive you. Jesus lived a perfect life. What we came to the conclusion this morning is that we are all sinners Not one of us has lived a perfect life. Christ lived the life that we could not live. And because of his perfection, God sent him to the cross to die for our sins. And as the song sang, 
It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood literally and figuratively saves you. It covers you. It makes your sins white as snow. That forgiveness is waiting for you this morning. All you have to do, I'm going to make it super simple. All you have to do this morning is trust and believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. Trust and believe in Jesus Christ. For the saint in this room, that your story following Jesus has already begun. But perhaps you're examining the last week, month, six months. And sadly, your life is filling up with sin. I'm encouraging you to repent of that sin and turn to Jesus. He's forgiven you and rest in his grace. He's for you. He's for you. Let your journey with Jesus begin today. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you so much. For your goodness and your grace. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the salvation that he brings. God, for some reason, this past week, these categories of people have just been on my heart. God, for that person that comes here week after week, believes that they know you, but there has been no life change. Believing the trick of Satan that they are saved, but their heart is empty. There's been no transformation. They might look different, but they feel no different. Their life is not consumed with you and the things of you. They're just going through the motions. God, I pray for this person. I've been there. And I know that this person is feeling fear. This person is feeling pride. And I pray this morning that they would shake those things and they would come to you. Oh God, I pray for the person that walked in this place and I'm so thankful that you got them here. They walked in here thinking, my sin is too great. I am too far gone. And there is no way that this God can save me. God, speak to their minds, speak to their heart in this very moment. Let them know that you can and you will forgive them. That there is no sin too great. doesn't matter how much that we might have publicly shamed him or gone against him. It doesn't matter. Your grace abounds and you will forgive. God, I pray for the saint 
those that their journey with you has already begun, but they have fallen into some sin. I pray that you would free them of that this morning, that you would help them to turn from it and run to you and experience forgiveness. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for loving us enough to send him to die on the cross so that if we confess our sin and trust in him, we will be saved. Thank you, God, for Jesus. We ask everything in his precious and holy name.